This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with your host, food writer and critic, Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine, and me, DJ Tariq of 88.9. On this week's edition of This Bites, we have a little special treat for you. We have an interview with Alexa Alfaro of Meat on the Street and Adam Pavlik of Egg and Flour. We're talking about their upcoming collaboration they're having. We're also going to talk to Alexa about the upcoming Asian Restaurant Week that's happening next week. But before we get into that, we got a couple things to some really cool uh, news to talk about. First up, and there's a new kind of soul food barbecue restaurant on MLK. Can you talk about it? That just opened. Yeah, this restaurant um, is called Q, and um, it is opened uh, was opened by the owner of Ashley's Barbecue, mm. Darnell Ashley. I'm sure you're familiar with um, Ashley's Barbecue, which is on 15th and Center. Um, and Q uh, is a pretty interesting restaurant um, in that. Uh, it's not specifically devoted to barbecue, but there is some barbecue on the menu. This restaurant is located at 2730 North Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Drive. And uh, it's in an old Ponderosa location, mm. if you remember that space. And right now it's just serving dinner, but it's going to open for lunch as well sometime soon. The dinner menu um, has a couple of barbecue dishes, brisket and pork shoulder, which come with a, a couple of sides and some mm. cornbread. Um, there's also pasta Alfredo, um, pork chops that you can get smothered, grilled, or southern fried, um, shrimp and lobster mac, salmon croquettes, shrimp and grits, a lot of like southern style foods. And there's also wings. And you'll be happy to know, Tariq, that there are vegan wings too, boneless vegan wings. Oh, wow. Yep. And um, they're also doing some nightly specials. So this is, you know, this is a restaurant, a full service restaurant opens at four o'clock from Tuesday through Sunday. And I, and coming soon would be those lunch hours, which I don't know quite yet when they're going to be open for lunch. Cool. You can find details over at milwaukeemagazine.com. Next, uh, I got, everybody loves good news uh, in the community. So uh, I came across a story about there is a grocery store off of North Avenue, uh, 5205 West North Avenue to be exact called Greater Goods MKE. What's special about this grocery store, it allows shoppers to pay what they can for fresh produce and other items. Uh, um, they're open now. They're open on uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can also donate goods for this, this grocery store. Um, currently, their needs are rice, uh, canned beans, Canned chicken broth, vegetable broth, kind of coconut oils, unopened spices, and uh, also fresh produce. So they take donations and they uh, and people who need some healthy foods, um, good food, they can pay what you can at this. And I kind of like that concept. It's really cool. It's called Greater Goods. We'll put a, a link on our website at RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites. Coming up on This Bites, we have our special treat, our special interview with Alexa Alfaro of Meat on the Street and Adam Pavlik of Egg and Flour talking about their upcoming collaboration. We're also talking to Alexa about this upcoming week's first inaugural, I think that's a double thing, but inaugural Asian Restaurant Week 
Uh, that's coming up on this bites. We'd be right back. Has your car been hibernating in your garage all winter? Donate it to Radio Milwaukee. Running or not, your car, truck, or even boat can support this podcast. Go to RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars to schedule your pickup. We're back on This Bites, and myself, and our special guests, Alexa Alfaro of Meat on the Street and Egg and Flowers, Adam Pavlik. We're, we're going we're to get into conversation, talk about their upcoming collaboration. Then we're going to talk to Alexa about the upcoming Asian Restaurant Week that's uh, happening next week. The first ever Asian Restaurant Week in Milwaukee. So uh, first up, let's let's talk about this upcoming collaboration. Can you uh, first talk about how this come together? Mm-hmm. It sounds really interesting, and we definitely want to know how it came about. I think this comes from being friends outside just the restaurant industry and not just being like, oh yeah, we're just, I'm going to go eat by her and she's going to come eat by me. But uh, being close with each other outside of work and helping each other with business ideas and just hanging out or going over future endeavors. And she brings tons of people in by me. And I always send people her way and tag and support as much as I can. So I think it was finally time for us to cook together because we're, we're both so busy that we don't really are ever in a kitchen. We're just usually out and about or just chatting or whatever. So it'll be super fun to be able to be side by side and cook and just hang out. And uh, I'm kind of worried because she has a huge following. So we, I don't know what to expect here. Egg and flour is going to pop off. Yeah, no, it was definitely like Adam was so nice to let me pick his brain, um, got to see like egg and flour through the different spaces. Um, and just from like, yeah, continuing a bunch of conversations, having fun, working, it seemed only like the right thing to do to do a collab together. Um, and to also like, you know, right now is like the year in the movement of being intentional and being intentional beyond like, hey, let's do it during May hey, let's do it because we want to highlight, um, you know, it being AAPI Heritage Month. This is a really good way. That way, like our following who's or people that are wanting to already support us can also cross support too with another local business that gives back a ton. Um, I mean, Adam just finished up a collab with Flower and Flame Girl, who we love. Shout out to Dana um, for Caitlin of the Tandem. So just like really wanting to be intentional um, about all the community aspects of it. So tell us how how kebabs and pasta go together. Tell us about that, because that sounds really, really intriguing. Oh, they want the dirt. They want to see how it <laughs> how it comes together. Yeah. We have so we have interesting minds, I think, and we can think outside the box. And a lot of it's gonna be my food kind of being the vehicle for her awesome, you know, staple, which is marinated grilled grilled meats of all sorts. Um, I think we can, well, I know we can because we already came up with the dish and we know what we're going to be doing. And I think it's going to be awesome. And it might be some cool meat on the street, mac and cheese style uh, with a lot of her Asian influences and my pasta. But this one we thought about for a long time, because when you do think about it, we weren't going to do a bowl of pasta and then put her skewer across the top or something, you know, <laughs> we could be a little bit more creative than that. Um, but I'll leave it to Alexa. I, I know the dish. I don't know. You'll probably need some notes, but if we want to tell them this might be a underground. That's your call. Yes. Yeah, so I'm down. Whatever. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. So if anyone's listening to this right now, you get the uh, you get the special uh, dish. So we're doing like a wagon wheel pasta shape out of our extruder, which is, represents the truck, obviously, the meat on the street truck that she got her name from. So it's kind of fun. And we're doing that with our classic uh, classic cheese sauce that we do at egg and flour. And then she's going to do her marinated beef. So like two to three day marinated beef, we're going to grill it off and that's going to go on there. That's going with a little bit of crispy garlic, um, scallions. She does a lot of pickled onions and pickled veg and different stuff. So we're going to do a really, really finely chopped, uh, pickled red onion and black set toasted sesame seeds. What about the sauce? The sauce is going to be kind of like the marinated beef uh, juices and marinade with our cheese sauce. So kind of like a mac and cheese. And talk to me about like the the proceeds goes to a nonprofit. Tell me about the nonprofit and why you chose this specific nonprofit to support. Yeah, so we chose the Burmese Rohingya community of Wisconsin. And the reason we chose this um, is one, they are part of the Elevation group that I'm also a part of. Um, We've done a lot of community work together already. They also help to um, help people to come here to Milwaukee and be able to figure out life here um, because it's different from where they are previously coming from. So the the Burmese Rohingya subgroup is a large group that comes to Milwaukee. So they do really good about just helping them um, transition into this new phase of life, giving them resources. They're trying to buy a building as well too, to have like a central area. So they're really wanting to grow and give opportunity. And that is obviously so very important to us. Um, And collab community, it was only right that we would give back. And when is this uh, collaboration taking place again? What's the date? Yeah, this everyone, you better put this on your calendar. So this is going to take place. Wednesday, May 19th at the Egg and Flower Bayview location. So you can find us both there having fun, cooking, slinging dishes. I'm hoping for a huge, huge turnout. So it should be a good time. You're part of an organization called Elevation and it's hosting the first inaugural Asian Restaurant Week. First, tell me about what is Elevation and what can we expect from this uh, Asian Restaurant Week that's happening? Yeah, so Elevation was co-founded by four Milwaukee area AAPI community leaders, um, Jessica, Eric, Mainza, and Sherry. Shout out to them. They often kept seeing each other at like the same style events, spotting each other. um, And they were often like seen as like the only Asian people in the community. And they were sick of seeing just themselves. So they decided to like, they forged a great friendship for this, but they also um, had like a common desire to increase visibility and awareness um, for our AAPI leaders in the community. you know, we want to not only do we want to seat at the table, we want a voice as well, too. So in 2016, it started with a hashtag. Um, and then from there, the movement grew just because like the city needs its own AAPI community and area and neighborhood. Um, and as those changes like continue to evolve and grow, it's just been this narrative about just highlighting and raising more awareness and visibility for our AAPI community. So that is like how it started and why it started. And then the cool things we have coming up. Yeah. So Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month is for the month of May. It's just about highlighting our AAPI communities, um, how diverse we are, how much different sub-diversity there is and what that means as far as like arts and film and culture and cuisine. Um, upcoming events we have going on for Elevation One. Um, this Saturday, there's a brewers game. You can join us. Three of the brewers are of AAPI Um, ethnicity a part of them so that's super cool and why we're doing it Milwaukee Film Festival is also highlighting different AAPI films as well one of them that we're highlighting is called Try Harder 
talks about um, high school students and the pressure to be and do very well because that's what your parents want. Um, so that one's really interesting. And then Asian Restaurant Week is our big one. So it's our first inaugural like Asian Restaurant Week. Um, and obviously we took the idea, not took it, but we decided to use it based on Black Restaurant Week. It was like, well, why don't we have an Asian Restaurant Week? Why don't we have a Hispanic Latinx um, Restaurant Week as well too is my next question. So that's kind of where it started from. Asian Restaurant Week will begin on... Sunday, May 16th, and it runs through Saturday, May 22nd. Um, there is a couple different lists available, too, um, of all the participating uh, Asian restaurants. And it's more like southeastern Wisconsin, I would say. They go outside of Milwaukee County, but they're organized by ethnicity um, and when they're open and where they're located. And then we're just asking people to, you know, take a flick, you know, go and try a new one, try a new dish, share your favorite with your family and friends. Um, and that's the point of highlighting it. And where can they find this list at? Yeah. So you're going to go to elevationwisconsin.com. It's going to be E-L-E-V-A-S-I-A-N-W-I.com. And then underneath there, you'll head to um, AAPI Heritage Month and you'll be able to find Asian Restaurant Week and then the list. This is for the both of you, Adam and Alexa. So is there a an Asian restaurant do you like you besides you know besides your my own, favorite Alexa, one. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> is there one that is there, uh, your, your your favorite Asian restaurant you like to go to or is there an Asian restaurant you haven't been to you want to try this is for both of y'all I can answer this one really good and I feel I feel really bad and I need to do this and if they're open tonight Tariq you might know but I am going to go roll over to Momo Me which is blocks away where I live and super underrated and in a weird uh, weird location but that doesn't mean anything I think people need to go down there and I've heard nothing but amazing things about that place but that's definitely on my list uh, to go to for sure uh, I was just at Lucky Ginger on Saturday shout out to those guys over there Costan and all them uh, amazing spot he's been doing it right for I don't know I think they just did six year anniversary five year anniversary but those are my two spots, my need to go and my go to. Cool. What about you, Alexa? Um, I would say my favorites, obviously, Sap Sap when they're running a pop up. Otherwise, Sweet Basil and Franklin is bomb. Um, on Mall is like hands down favorite on that list outside of Meat on the Street. I, we eat them once a week. My family's obsessed with No bias, Meat <laughs> on the Street. Hey, I got to write my own. Um, that one. And then um, if it's sushi for me, I'm a Kyoto girl. So those would be my two faves. And I'll throw a thumb in there too. Shout out to Darlene at Crossroad Collective. Two people need to go there. She's doing amazing stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. I love the papaya fries. They're so addictive. She makes Yeah. And her 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 uh, sandwich, the pho dip. Amazing. Um, I want to talk about the the... the impacts of the pandemic especially on the industry um recently they announced the uh that new uh grant for restaurants and and i've been seeing a lot of issues i think npr even covered it about you know, like trying to find employees is, is becoming a challenge um so just i want to talk about like coming out of the pandemic what some of the challenges are you facing now like i know that i hear a lot about people trying to find people to work <laughs> um so from both of your perspective, what kind of the challenge you're having and what can us as a public, the government can do to help bring restaurants back to what it was, which still was tough in the beginning before the pandemic. So just get your thoughts on, on this. I know, I know both of you had really challenging 2020 among a lot of restaurants, but I love to have your take on 
there seems to be this light ahead and, you know, just want to get your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I know for us right now, the challenge is obviously um, finding labor is huge. I mean, that's just like a common theme we're all having. Um, we're not feeling that as much as we've heard other restaurants are. Um, the restaurant Re- revitalization grant fund, um, we didn't we didn't qualify for it. We did too well in 2020 based on 2019 and other things we got. So we didn't qualify for it, which is it happens and it's whatever. Um, I can't rely on that to keep the business afloat. Obviously big challenges we see is the fact that all these restaurants are opening up together and there's not as many people downtown that want to, that can like frequent all these restaurants that are opening up. And the other part is like meat prices are skyrocketing right now. Like meat prices are through the roof. So that obviously affects us in the fact that we have to increase prices, bill it forward. It becomes another competitive factor. Um, But overall, we're seeing a lot of good things. Like we're getting a lot of requests. Things are opening back up. We're seeing parties. We're seeing caterings. We're seeing people wanting to come in and dine. So we are also seeing things trend back um, into like a more pre-pandemic situation adam yeah for me uh so i mean definitely the employees and people not wanting to work is uh is definitely an issue um not so much for us because we have a lot of employees that were with us from a long time ago that stayed with us and we had that small break at bayview well large break at bayview and they knew that they could come back and a lot of our a lot of our guys are uh, are in it kind of for the long haul and for the long run and i have a lot of new people from i have a couple people from matc so uh they have come over and want to start working in the restaurant so i'm thankful for them and, and what my i have with matc but definitely something i can say for like the public is just uh realize that you know if people are ready now to come out, you know, restaurants still have to get back to normal and get used to maybe they have a horrible Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And then Thursday, everyone decides to go and eat at once. And then experiences can be changed and, and building schedules and how much you have of something and just staying, getting back to normal to know, Hey, we're ready to feed you whenever is, is one thing, but just people being aware that, Sometimes everything just doesn't go right back to normal perfectly. But supporting restaurants, one of the challenges I do know is that like people are now, everyone's a bartender and everyone's a chef now that they had a year to learn how to cook and learn how to make drinks. And maybe uh, they don't feel like support, like going out as much and they want to stay home or whatever. But um, I hope people still uh, crave what we have out in the city and know that sometimes maybe they can't always make what these restaurants are doing and just be like, Hey, I need to go support because I know I can't make this at home. And just remember that we're, uh, we're here, you know, we're, we've made it, we made it through this far, but a lot of support. I don't know if you have to worry about that. Cause I've tried some of these people's food. <laughs> they try to cook. It's uh yeah, I think you're, you're safe on, on a lot of it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. The new home cook is the new thing. <laughs> but uh, on that note, of what the public was there, you know, the government has a grant. Is there something that, you know, government, local government, state government can do uh, to help? Is there like certain laws or policies beyond just, you know, giving money and grants to help with the restaurants kind of recovery? 
Yeah, I mean, money is always a good thing, especially for restaurants that lost a ton of it. But I think maybe it's now that we're trying to go towards the end to kind of loosen up these uh, these restrictions and whatnot and kind of give trust in our community and our local business owners to be responsible and to know that it, it's not fun to break the rules, you know, and no one feels good just like going to 100% and no mask and just going crazy. So maybe just putting it in the business owner's hands and letting them make the decision of how many people can come in these restrictions and kind of let us, if they're going to open all these things up, we need to be able to open up as well and, and kind of have freedom to make people, we can't be scared forever. You know, we can be cautious forever, but we don't have to, you know, we don't have to have all these restrictions coming out at, at this point. You know, it was very important at, at, at the times that we needed it. But I think now uh, with vaccinations and, and people being more knowledgeable about what's going on, and we're kind of more uh, in tune with what's going on with the with the atmosphere and everything with the pandemic. That maybe it's time for us to decide. You know, let the restaurant owners and let the the, the bar owners or the the venue owners decide what is good for them. How about you, Alexa? I echo the same thing. Um, it's really hard to do this like gas pedal of trying to you know be ready for when things open up and hire and drop these expenses, and then to have it shift like the ping pong of it going back and forth, like we feel the effects of that really bad. So it's just kind of, I agree, like we're well over a year in, I think like when you go outside the city, things are very different versus when you're in the city too, is like something to factor and look at. Um, and I just think that we need a little like small, like small businesses need more um, to help them like continue to like not only recoup, recover, but, but like find that thrive part of it. Right. It's not fun to sit in these like really crappy economic low swings that we don't get in it for that too. Right. So it's like a part of like our mentality as well. Like it's a part of business. You got to go up and down, but I definitely think for everyone, um, just like Adam said, like allowing the business owners to be responsible and to dictate what's best for them. So as the, when they do the restrictions are like, are restaurant owners to, at the table or do you just do the restrictions and you're not part of the conversation? And that's kind of probably a problem. There's like represented. It depends on who's at the table, right? So it's all like a big networking thing, much like many things are um, and how politics work. So, I mean, there's people at the table, but how many of those people are actually like on the ground talking to all the restaurants? I don't know. And there's like a different rep based on, you know, who you're talking to, what's going on, who knows who. So it's kind of all over the place, in my opinion. I don't know how Adam feels. Yeah, I just think that the, the city is too broad. And we, we you guys talk about how many restaurants and bars there are in the city. And it's almost it's incredible to think about, like, how many restaurants and bars and businesses where you can get food or drink at there are in the city. And everyone's so different and everyone could be heavy catering or heavy dining or heavy to go. And everyone's so different. You know, even me and Alexa have you know we're a fast casual brand but our, our setups are completely different and the amount of people that we that we can have in are completely different and a number of employees that we need are all different so it's kind of hard for one person to just cover everyone's experience and everyone's situation um you know a lot of people always come to me and go oh you're killing it you're killing it i go well, you don't, you don't see the day to day, you know, you might see something on social media or whatnot, but these like, for me being out there all the time, we're still, we're still could, could be busier and we, we would, we would love more business and whatnot, regardless of how it looks on social media or how we're doing in the restaurant, you know? 
So there's a lot of places out there I couldn't imagine that maybe don't get the, the advantage of doing a ton of social media or a bunch of marketing. And I can only imagine what they're going through. You know, I feel like okay. we're annoyingly out there all the time and we're still not like insanely busy. So I can only imagine the people that are just trying to do their food and that's it. And that's all they worry about. I'm sure they're getting destroyed, you know, which is sad. Well, thank you, Alexa and uh, Adam uh, from Meat on the Street and Egg and Flour. And um, best of luck on your future collaborations. And I'm looking also looking forward to uh, the first Asian Restaurant Week in Milwaukee, which kicks off next week. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for bearing with us on our technology issues brain early this morning. You just heard our interview with Alexa Alfaro of Meat on the Street and Adam Pavlik of Egg and Flour about their upcoming collaboration. We also talked about the first ever Asian Restaurant Week happening in Milwaukee next week. If you want more details, head over to our website at RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites. This Bites is edited by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and generosity from our membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites. Find us on iTunes, NPR, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, feedback is important, so please rate and review. And as always, Anne, stay hungry. And keep the malort cold. <laughs>